Good evening. That was Matt Pless with Something's Gotta Give, and I'm your host, Stephanie Piddock. Uh, this is Peppermint Cat Resistance, and I have my co-host here, Cat Karras, and we are going to talk about some great things tonight. I'm very excited. We have Nick. I'm not sure if Nick or Tony is with us right now. Just one of them is. Who's here? I'm here. Tony? Uh, Tony, yep. Okay, I thought it was you. Okay. Um, a little bit about me for those who uh, aren't familiar with our show. Um, I ran for Congress in uh, this past election, and I'm hoping to run for governor. And I am very on fire about changing this system that we have. It's just not working for us as human beings, and uh, it needs to change. So with that, um, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Kat Karras, for a few words. Uh, thank you, Stephanie. Uh, and for those out there, uh, Stephanie is in Connecticut, so she ran for office uh, in Connecticut, just to give that little caveat. Um, my background is uh, Stephanie and I started talking a couple months ago, um, and it turned into this show. I I am not running for anything. Uh, my background is advertising and research, um, business-based um, and I seem to be the devil's advocate in most of these conversations. Um, but tonight's topic does sound interesting, and I look forward to it. And I'd like to uh, have Tony say a few words. All right. Yeah, I'm just uh, part of a, cr- of a crew of people working on uh, specific technology to facilitate direct democracy. It's basically a Wikipedia for solutions to problems. Uh rather than just for descriptions of things. It's a project that I'm very excited about. I'm I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. It's just so incredible. I'm I can't wait to uh tell the world about it. Thank you. <laughs> so uh I thought we'd start with uh the next system project. Um I've been following it for quite some time. I know you too have Tony and Cat uh, yeah. is new. Cat is new. I, why don't you give us your thoughts on it, Tony? Oh uh, well, you know, there's a lot of people working on direct democracy right now. Uh, I could show you a whole list of, of other projects um, started all throughout the world. People all over the world have realized that trying to rely on a, a quote-unquote representative really just gives the the powerful people out there, the rich. Uh, a target, and uh, not just a target for bribes, also a target for threats. We have to recognize that the economic pressures of billions of human beings must not be left on the shoulders, or perhaps I should say necks, of uh, a a tiny fraction of that population. That's an inherent flaw, just like if uh, someone tried making some sort of piston motor where the pistons were the size of needle pins. It just too much pressure on too little something. You need more support. You need more community, humanity, and, and um, really give a damn. So uh, what we thought was uh, really the answer is probably to make it so that, I mean, really the, the best way to ensure that the agenda of the government would be the well-being of the people is to make the government the people, to make the people the government, you know? 
Right. Um, if if we can propose, if we can create our own ballots, and um, and and still systems that make this this work, not just become a giant ego contest or Lord of the Flies. You know, there are some inherent design challenges to direct democracy and. I don't think the projects out there failing are failing because they don't work. I think it's really kind of a low bar to uh, trying to imagine that, that you know, we couldn't do better than what we're doing today. Um, but the, the question is getting the people behind it. How do you get enough people behind it for it to become a strong movement and to sustain itself and to grow? Uh, and, right. and so that, that's really what we hope LawGen will be. Uh, something that can get past the barrier by being something no one's seen before, no one's tried yet, being a, a vault for all good ideas, all the best ideas on earth for anything. Can you tell me how you spell Lawgen? Oh, yeah. It's a L-A-W-G-E-N, like Law Genesis, the Lawgen Project. Okay. We're at uh, lawgen.org. If anyone wants to check out our pre-development site, we have a lot of things drawn up and written up. Um, some pretty cool stuff. Thank you. Thank Steph, you. you want to talk about what uh, what excites you about this? <sighs> that being the next system project. No, oh, actually, yeah. that's it. That's a, that's a separate group, but uh, a separate they're group. very exciting. Yeah. Well, that's the what that's what Steph asked you about. I saw it. Oh, no, I'm he sorry. Said to, no, it's you okay. Said you I'm wanted to start to... with him. No, well, I'm glad he started with his project because that's just. No, yeah, I, mean, I am that, too. I am too. But that works completely uh, well with Tony. What? If you want to talk about that too, I mean, I'm sorry. I. I Okay, I thought that well, I, I'm no expert on the Next System Project, but I can tell you that they've done a lot of good work. They, they really seem to be a group of people hunting for what the best ideas on Earth are for the right. Next System. And, and right. Lodgen, we've actually submitted to them. We're, we're hoping to get a grant from them soon. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. Gar Alperwitz, um Pervitz, he heads that, right? Yes. Yes. There's there's three or four people mentioned. There's Gerald Hudson, um, Jane Mansonbridge, uh, James uh, Gustav, and and Gar are, are mentioned as the leaders of it. Yes, Gar is amazing. I oh, I mean. We put the best people with the best ideas. How can we lose? The only thing they need is amplification. It's getting the word out, and um, and, and also a good analysis. You know, I think sometimes yeah. a person sets out with the right intention, but they miss a detail. So, um, but the, right. what they've produced so far has been really cool. Uh, for instance, anyone who hasn't checked it out should type in to the URL pluralistcommonwealth. Dot org, and uh, it connects you really to uh, a very simplistic, very concise, but beautifully well-spoken vision of what really all of us are trying to accomplish. Uh, maybe we're not going to call it a commonwealth. It sounds too Soviet era, but uh, for some people, maybe some people love it. I don't know, but um, I know that what he describes there is, you know, really um, a sovereignty for localities. We want to localize. And we want to have a few overarching agreements between the localities. 
And isn't that what we're all shooting for? Right, and that's in my project Sandersville uh, dovetails into that insofar as being that utopic community and building the millions of utopias. Um, you know, making people are afraid of the word utopia, but uh, I think at least compared to what we're doing today, we could be enjoying the sunshine and having a much better life. Oh sure, I, utopia is is the perfection, and we all we we all aim for that perfection, whether we get there or not is the question. Ah, but, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. You know, we always have that highest aspiration, um, and I think that that's what drives us is that that ability that sometimes we do make that perfection, you know, sometimes we yeah. do it. So I think if we put the bar high and uh, I think we can achieve it. I really do. I think, I think we're, we're at a critical mass now where there's enough people that are waking up to the possibility of a better tomorrow that we don't have to accept the way things are today. They, you know, they we don't plug into the news that something to plug into, you know, there's a lot of people looking for, and they find these little bits that are great, but we don't have like a, you know, like think about the hippies uh, and all the great work they've done, but at the end of it, we're still voting using these ballots from 300 years ago. And I think when we finally make, I think really a definitive, a, a pivotal point in the evolution of our species is when we learn how to make our ballots, how to run our cities, and have this high standard of living through all these, right. you know, uh, agencies and regulations, ultimately, uh, funding for public schools, funding for fire departments, good sewer management, all these basic common sense things, you know. Um, we're not saying that there should be no taxes. We're saying that we want our taxes to not go to blowing human beings up and stupid bullshit. So... At the end of the day, it, it seems like when we finally have the ability to decide where the money goes, when we make the ballots, when we make the law, uh, and overcome the hurdles necessary to do so in a, a positive and maybe fashion. even write our own constitution. Um, you know, yeah. it would be nice I mean, if we the could, laws uh, are your constitution, aren't they? I was talking with Nick about right. this before. It, it, there's sort of it's it's a real blurry line because at some point a constitutional amendment is just a law that applies to other laws. It's like metal law in a sense. Right. And, and you know, Iceland is really moving forward with a, uh, the ordinary citizens writing their constitution. Um, they're really bringing direct democracy into the constitution, uh, which is amazing. And cool. they have about two, they have two years to uh, work it out, but the five parties are working together on it. And uh, it has support all around. I wish him luck. I mean, if I mean, it's it's really happening. These things are happening in this world, and if yeah. we can latch on to the things that are happening that are positive, and increase it, you know, we don't have to keep looking at the negative and making the negative happen. We can make the positive things happen too. You know. As long well, as that's why you have been on. Right. Because, you know, little four, fucking 20,000 kids are starving to death and they're dying of, of totally preventable causes. Like, uh, I don't even need to list them, but <laughs> according to UNICEF, it's 20,000 a day and we shouldn't just. 60,000. You know, it's it's 20,000 children, but it's over 60,000 human beings every day that starve to death. Yeah. And yeah. that's a fact. And that's a yeah, number no one ever speaks. 
I mean, so, you know, I, we cry I agree we should look at the positive, but we should also be mindful of the negative and know that there oh, is absolutely. Uh, we have, we have to. fucking poverty. I mean, it's our shame. Right it is our absolute shame that this is happening. I mean, how can we sit here and cry about the people we lose in war and the people that we lost in the tower when 60,000 are every day are dying from preventable reasons? I mean, come on. How can how can, I mean? It's almost as if that, that, that we've erased it from our consciousness. We talk about it like it doesn't exist, but it does. Yeah, you know? and then you bring it up, and people are all annoyed and pissed off that you said it. It's it really is, um, and it's it's like it's just the most insane place to be. It really is. It, it is, and I mean, every time I see ads for a stupid new product or something, I'm like you know, people are starving to death. Why aren't we taking this? As the priority it should be I don't People, human suffering We're all human beings We all know what it's like to suffer I mean, yeah. maybe some people don't And that's why this isn't getting fixed I don't know But uh, it just mm. seems to me Such an amazing Disconnect From these people that have so much you, you know yeah. Go ahead, huh? If you're from the devil's advocate <laughs> Yeah, uh, here comes the devil's advocate. Um, I was just introduced to this, uh, the next system project today. And my first reaction um, was it is utopian. And, uh, and I thought of, I'm a child of the 50s and 60s. And, um, and especially of the 60s, it, it's, uh, it's very reflective of, of the way uh, the hippies felt. Do we got a call coming in or something, Stephanie? Sure. Yeah, it's okay. I couldn't okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, um, my reaction is, Stephanie, let me ask you, how many people are tied to the Bernie Sanders 2020 um, page that you have? Oh, uh, over 122,000 now. That, that's correct. The next system project has ten thousand three hundred fifty-nine people on it. And yeah, right. Well, but the the I I agree with what what they're they're um, trying to do, and they they have some very impressive names. And I'll just give you a few of them: um, Robert Reich, Oliver Stone, uh, Norm Chomsky. Uh, Van Jones, Daniel Ellsberg, Ralph Nader, Anna um, Gallon of Move On, Danny Glover, uh, Tom Morello, Jill Stein, wow. and those people. These those people back this, and they've only got ten thousand people signed up for it. Uh, on why Facebook. are they advocating? Why aren't they advocating? Well, that's, that's yeah, why I'm on the that's why I'm on the radio show is because my background is advertising and research, and I don't think that people are presenting this in a way um, that is anything but utopian. And, and other people are going, well, that's not going to work, and so it has to be sold to the people as a viable thing rather than Danny Glover actor left wing person that can get, be knocked down by Fox news and, and, and Jill Stein left wing extremists that can be knocked down by, you know, other people, you know, and her yeah. 2%. It's, 
it, it's a matter of stating it and selling it to people uh, in a way that sounds realistic rather than utopian. And I'm glad you used those words, utopian and hippie and everything else, because that's the way people see this stuff, and we need to sell it as viable. You know what I mean? I yeah. Well, yeah, but how do you how do you do that? So so like where I come from is I'm trying to actually build the thing that they'll plug into. Yeah, I've been designing this thing for years, and like. To me, it seems like that's that's the point where it becomes viable when it's like it's out there, people are using it, it's in their hands, you can see it, and that that's it's just like with anything else with the early adoption curve. Um, Bernie Sanders is not early; he's been on stage for a long time. He got uh, socially vetted, shall we say, back when he was running up against the two monsters, fascism and fascism white. Um, right. People had some hope for a minute in the afterglow that's still so bright that you, he got a hundred thousand on his page. But um, you know, when it comes to what the next system project can do to advertise, uh, I think maybe that they could have done more. I totally see where you're coming from, but I don't know if your advice is actionable. Like what? What? How would they have done that? My my advice is is different than direct democracy. My advice is another party. Um, and third have party? Bernie, well, I, I want third, fourth, fifth, sixth party. I mean, Stephanie talks about in a much smaller country of, of Iceland uh, having five parties getting together about making it work. The more ideas we bring forth, the more that um, it, it becomes reality and the more people believe in it. And we Brother, can start a third there party are, with there are limits to that, though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, well, but sure devil's advocate's coming right out of me. It's like, how this That's is their right. aim. They want us to go waste all of our energy trying to do their stupid rat race bullshit. Maybe things can work in the Netherlands out there where the population's way smaller and they haven't gained the shit out of, out of cheating us. But over here... We, that's that's as practical as me trying to change the mafia by going and being one of their thugs for a while and seeing if maybe after a lifetime of hard work I can get up the ranks a little bit and make some policy changes. Like, we're still going to be the mafia. We're still going to probably be doing evil, fucked-up shit like the sex exchange, sex slavery, uh, heroin, murder. You know, it, you, I need you to gotta, cut in you gotta, here. You're in the same game. That That's what they want you to do. I'm sorry, I need to cut in. I don't in agree with that, but go ahead, go ahead and cut in. I need to bring Nick on. He's uh, he's been waiting patiently, and that, okay. that's that was a phone call. Nick, hello. Hey guys, quite the topic. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I don't know if I if I could say a few things about what uh, Chris was saying about you know you need a, a fifth and a sixth and a seventh party. Well. I think that's totally insane, to be honest. With you. I think you're making what you already have now just even worse. Um, I, I mean, and, and in terms of like you know, like what Anthony brought up a good point: infiltrating the party and expecting it to to change that. Well, that that ain't going to happen. They will weed you out. They will catch on so quick, and they'll have you out that door before you can even blink an eye. And I'll give you an example. Uh, up here in Canada, in Ontario, in the northern part of Ontario, 
we had uh, the New Democratic Party, uh, the NDPs we call them, and they had some issues out in Timmins, which is uh, uh, further north here of, of Ontario. Uh, so anyhow, the, uh, a couple of local politicians for Timmins uh, were actually trying to do something to help the people. So they actually went against the the party's wishes um, of what the party wanted to do. They actually went the opposite. Well, you know what happened to those guys? They they pretty much got kicked out of their own party because they went against uh, the uh, the the party line. So I mean, exactly. I mean, you. And this exactly. is actually this is really true. I mean, you can't I'm go kicking into a party. myself out of the Democratic Party and starting a new one. Exactly. That's right. what has to happen. It's, it's not going to get. It's not going to get vocalized um, without some power behind it, and a party gives you power to to, to vocalize it. But they've already done that, though, Chris. Uh, it wasn't Ralph no, Nader an independent. No, haven't. I mean, yeah, they, what, what we have to do. What we have to do is get rid of this fifteen percent. On the stage and allow all the all the legitimate parties on the stage to talk about it and let people decide that way. It's not going to work just having um, you know uh, direct democracy. I just don't see it in in a in a population as big as America. Yes, but the problem with okay, if you start a new party before you know it, they will squeeze you out. You won't even get a voice. You won't even get a. You won't even get a chance to speak because they know what you're trying to accomplish, and, and I don't they'll totally blackball you. I don't believe it. You're, you're just well, jaded about it. No, no. But wait, Chris, how about, wait how about a Ralph Nader? That's Let's the talk point. About Ralph Nader. Let's Let's talk about Ralph Nader. Let's talk about in front of our eyes. How do we need any more proof than what just happened in the American election? We had. We had uh, it was obvious. Okay, the Green Party has been out there forever trying to do what you're talking about, and it has never succeeded. The the Libertarian Party's not succeeded. I agree. It would be great if they let all legitimate debaters on stage, but they control. That's part of their game. That's part of we, their thing. If we had a People's Party, Bernie won 23 states. Um, in the primaries against Hillary. And if we had a people's party, we would inherently have a lot of people that have the same mind that wouldn't have the one and a half percent that Jill Stein has. It would be entirely different and it would, it would have a foothold immediately. Hey man, if you want to start it, I'll vote for it in the meantime. But well, I'm I'm Brian, you, we, are, we are not going to get rid of the only blockade children. If Bernie would Bernie do it, movement. it would happen. The draft Bernie movement. Have you seen that, Tony? Uh, draft Bernie? Is it a draft Bernie? Hashtag draft Bernie. It's called the People's Party. And they're trying uh, to get Bernie uh, to to come to it, but he's not going. Well, he's yeah. not going. He, he'll, never, he'll never go. I mean, look, look what happened. Listen, he doesn't even want to talk about his own election fraud. When they confront him no, about he, it, he doesn't, doesn't even want to talk about that. So what does that say about him? What does that say about Bernie? And again, he's a politician. I adore him. I adore him, but he's yes. We don't know, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Okay, Honestly, exactly. They could have. We don't know what. That's what I'm saying. If they're not going to pay you, they'll issues. make you a target. That's 
Right. It's as simple as that. They will get what but they that, want. But that goes he has a family. Saying, he has little fucking grandchildren running around. How hard well, do you think it is? It's not like direct democracy has, has, has not been around for a while. They're killing that much easier than they're killing my now, idea. Now, hold on. Let's address that. You, you just walked right into one of my favorite points, and I hope you will allow me to do it justice real quick. Please, so take all the time you want. Technically, we've had this vision of direct democracy for a long time. However, it is the technology which has been making leaps and bounds in the last couple decades, just like flight. We have thought about, we had thought about flight since forever, since prehistory. We did not get flight until there was a quantum leap in, te- in, in, the, in the technologies necessary. And that's exactly where we are with net democracy. That's my argument. I, I agree. Uh, and, and, and the competition can't um, also fly. I mean, the competition can fly right past you. What do you, you mean? You might as well be visible. I see, I see. You're not going to be well, visible okay, any other all, way. What do you even mean by competition? Because what I see is a giant Boeing fucking crashing. So what's um, your argument? The people that don't agree with us about monetary and, and social issues. Who's they? That's that's a very the big are you talking about the rich? Yeah. The the uh the established uh powers. So what I'm hearing is you argue that because these people are in power, they will always have more power and no one else should try to have power because those other people are already in power. Is that your argument? I'm saying I'm saying the only the only way to try to gain power is the way they gain power, which is through a party. That is suicide. It's not. If it had worked, it would have worked a hundred years ago. Well, it it did. I mean, in in terms of unions and things like that, um, you, you you you've got to go. I don't see you guys getting any. Um, any large populace to, to go I with haven't you. Begun. Because My end's pre-development. My project's not even online yet. Why don't you wait yes. until the community can actually use the tool to, before you determine that the tool cannot work? That's Nick, who was the lady logical. that we talked about last, last time? Yes. Um, yeah, that was the tool, yeah. Excuse me? No, what I'm saying, what, what Anthony's making a good point is that, is that you know, you, you can't beat a system by, you know, by using the same, the, the same tools over and over again, if you know what I mean. So you what I mean by that is that you can't go in with, but you can't go in with another political party because they'll squeeze you out. They'll threaten you. They'll blackball you. They'll do whatever they can just so that you look at Ralph Nader. Look at Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader, uh, the main, mainstream, mainstream news won't even touch him. Yeah, I mean he's he's been blackballed already because of, of what he did. Can I talk uh, about my experience? Can I talk about my experience? I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I just want to talk a little about my experience with, with the Green Party and supporting Bernie Sanders. Um, I ran as a Green Party candidate supporting Bernie, and I was uh, shunned by the Democrats and by the Green Party. I was supposed to speak um, at the Green Party's uh, televised response on RT after the State of the Union address, and three hours before um, I went on, uh, they called me and told me I couldn't go on because I, they 
the National Party discovered I supported Bernie. Um, what? Yes. Yes, they would not let me speak. It makes sense to me. No, not when Margaret Flowers is also supporting them, supporting Bernie. She was on the she was on the panel. Well, that's, that's not extreme um, at all. God damn it! Well, you gotta it have is. one voice, and if you're not supporting that voice, um, why would they let you on? It's that you know. Why? Because they turned around and asked Bernie to be the head of the party. Well, I agree with that. If they, if they, they were, had from the beginning, they if they had from the beginning embraced Bernie and didn't put Joe out there, well, they should have embraced Bernie from the beginning and didn't bother with Joe. That was my stance the, the whole, whole time. That's my whole point. That's why Bernie should have started another party. Well, hey, I, no one argues that nice. that wouldn't have been cool. We all think it would be great if they would let everyone debate and if Bernie would have ran just to progress it as uh, you know on a. Uh, because the Democratic Party is obviously totally beholden to the rich, but but you have to understand that any party that succeeds is going to have to become gradually more beholden to the same interests. They are but the, the money same interest. interests. They're still going to have the power to to motivate different people and to, to motivate votes. And 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 you you're ignoring that. You you're acting like like the populace is going to be educated, and I just don't see that. Um, okay, so I don't understand the basis for your statement there. Um, the, the population is educated. Most Americans are literate, and that was the result of public school. So on a factual, objective basis, um, I'm going to need to rephrase your argument. They're not educated politically at all. They are. They're misguided politically. So the, it's bad yeah, by who? There's a by who? ton of it. I look by mainstream pol- by mainstream politics and news. Right, and so the only way propaganda to machine is to become part of the mainstream with a different viewpoint. That's the only way to do it. And, and, unless you want to burn down, have have uh, a civil war. No, no, it's, that's not the only option. You are clearly reducing this too far. I can tell you that change is inevitable. It changes is the only thing that we know is inevitable. Um, so uh, the, the mainstream changes over time, and you have to pay attention to what changes it. You know, uh, for instance, people used to think it was absurd that slavery would end, let alone that people would look back on on the, the very practice they were engaged in as a, a hallmark of of primitive culture. They thought they were the enlightened ones. Hmm? It took 300 years. I'm you want to take 300 years you for your idea? Huh? Well, I, for, okay, so just because slavery took 300 years doesn't mean that some other technology has to take 300 years. Think about the, the Industrial Revolution. And that was happening hundreds of years ago when things were happening slower than today. So uh, let's not... Like it seems like you're really just trying to win the argument rather than make a statement that is um, verifiable. You're on the defensive, man. We're trying to get to the future here. So I, I appreciate. No, I'm on your side. I, I, believe, your I believe in your ideas. I really do. I believe in. Okay, in, slow it down. Don't say they don't work off the onset. Ask what, how you think we will deal with a problem. 
that is a far more productive mode of interaction. I'm giving you my idea of how we deal with the problems, and you're shutting me down on it. Because that's fine. Because well, you don't I'm believe I'm giving that's, you good arguments. That's fine. The, I, uh, the, it is an people argument. Have been trying, I mean, people have been trying to make political parties forever, and that technology hasn't really changed. Uh, some of the advertising and media technology definitely has, but when you go to try and use their ballot, when you go to try and use their system, it's the same system that was around in the 1700s. And I have to collect 7,500 signatures in person. I can't do it electronically. Well, in your state, that is correct. Right. You know? So, okay, so let's, let's talk about why we think Direct democracy is a better idea, not just conceptually, but why we think it can actually happen. Because that's a very the people we have to be addressing the fact that this is not some utopian, disconnected from reality kind of thing. That this is actually actually very simple. So, uh, first of all, uh, the, the the arguments that you're presenting are most of the reason why most attempts at direct democracy have not worked yet. You're trying to create a movement, kind of like with socialism, like, hey, maybe if we all wave enough socialist flags, we can sort of get more of our policies into the system. Um, A lot of direct democracy advocates are really just sort of creating a government website that people need to log into. It really can't spread because it's limited to the people with the... political consciousness extreme enough to appreciate something like that, which is a very scant minority. And I'm guessing that's what you mean when you, when you say we would need to educate everyone in order for direct democracy to work. Um, Absolutely. Okay. And so my comeback have... to that is, is that Bernie talked about socialism. He even, he even announced he was a socialist and he got a huge amount of votes and um, that is the reality is that you can do that dance if you have the right person saying it, and you, you can change Bernie Sanders as a success story? I'm sorry, Absolutely. we're a Trump America. Absolutely. You don't get to do that. Uh, but I haven't finished my argument yet. I was merely trying to assume, uh, assess whether or not I had correctly encapsulated yours. So it would, well, so you didn't because I believe that you are where a lot of people are. This socialism. What's that? I, I believe you can sell socialism, and you can. Okay, and he fine, did it do it. Quickly. Go ahead, run with it. I'll I'll click like on your page. But what I'm saying is that we need we need to be open to a larger set of strategies than that, and also that the Lodgin project in particular has the ability, should have the ability to go beyond where other direct democracy sites have gone because they have all depended on being a site for specifically one thing, and that one thing is a political ideology which pertains to maybe 1% of the population. That's been a huge problem for the movement. However, um, and you know, in the same vein, theoretically, that will lift up with just works the same way uh, socialism, as you're arguing for it does, where people can um, promote socialist um, uh, ideals and more of the population supports a politician when they stand up and say, hey, maybe people should be freezing to death under the fucking bridges. Um, that's that's great. I support that, and I I think we should all be supporting each, each other as much as possible. We have to be aware of when a strategy is just too limited, and we also have to be aware of when we're cutting a strategy, when we're selling a strategy short, even though it has promise. Uh, so the Lodgen project in particular 
was built from the position where you're at, where it's like, fuck, this movement's not working. We're not getting enough people to use it. How is this thing ever going to work? And the answer is there's a trick. You don't start off with a direct democracy site. If, If that's all it is, it will appeal to far too few people. And I'm not talking about just tacking direct democracy on to some other site people like either. I think uh, Facebook might be about to do that. Who knows if that will end for better or worse? I'm a, I don't know. But um, what I do know is that LawGen approaches the situation not as a de- direct democracy website, but as a wiki for all solutions to all problems. Um, even ones that aren't geographic or political. So it could be with lawn, lawn care. It could be with your sex life or anxiety or God knows what, nutrition. You, can, all, you type in a space and you see all of the problems there and all of the solutions, including the name of the site itself. So it will be self-regulating. And, and uh, in this way, uh, people can see that it's a vault for all good ideas. It's like a storage bin for all the clever things people figured out. And and that is inherently related to governance because that's what government was always supposed to be. We thought these people had our backs because they were going to be the specialists. They were going to know exactly how it was that they could govern that would be the most effective for everyone, but it did not turn out that way because the problem was never a lack of knowledge. The Not in this century. The problem was uh, groupthink was this, this terrible economic pressure that makes it so even if we make a third party and they start getting bigger, that someone could, quite frankly, make death threats on their family. I mean, like, you're messing with the military-industrial complex, the biggest budget in all fucking recorded history. Um, they're not just going to go, oh, well, I guess the political tide's changed. <laughs> Sorry, Raytheon. Let's go home, Boeing. Bye, everyone. Like, that's, that's insanity. It hasn't worked because it can't. Whereas if we can show people that there is definitely a better way for us to make decisions as groups, and it doesn't have to start off as this thing that turns them off. It can start off as something that really excites them. It's a, it's a, this is a, a pool for all human knowledge about solving problems. Um, and fuck yeah, that should be government. And, and that's not – I've sold so many people on that idea already. The the only thing is it's not online yet. It's not under their fingertips. They can't access it yet because we haven't got the programmers. So I spent today looking for grants. We got nonprofit status recently, but just know that sometimes a great idea is just very early on, and it just needs community support. And we have to be open to trying and experimenting with these things rather than saying, oh, they won't work. You know, if you if uh, in the same way, like, if you start a political party and I don't have anything better by then or I'm, I'm still working on my thing but we haven't you know, succeeded yet, I'll vote for your thing. But uh, definitely keep an eye out for a direct democracy and, and remember that, that things do change. It doesn't have to be in the mainstream. The mainstream changes. It, it used to be cool to be completely different and then it changed just like the old Simpsons meme. Can I just step in for a second here? Uh, Scott, please. please. I don't know if Stephanie's there or not. Steph, are you I'm there? I'm sorry. My mic was off. I okay. didn't even realize it. I'm sorry. All right. Listen, Stephanie, I have, uh, I have Carrie Hand from the BC Refederation Party calling in now. So. Oh, right on. Oh, I don't okay. know if you see uh, No, I didn't see I don't know that. if you see him or not. 
I just clicked him in. Okay, here he is. Hi, Terry. Jerry? He's on. His line's hey, on. Hey, Terry. Hi, Terry. I don't. He's not answering. I'll hang up and then he'll call back. Okay. I hung up. <laughs> I hung up. All right. So, so anyhow, Terry Han is uh, from the uh, British Columbia Refederation Party, and. Um, yeah, he was going to come on tonight, so I guess he, he's going to join us now. He could probably bring uh, uh, a different perspective on this conversation for sure. They actually ran in the last election, and they did quite well. Uh, so they're gearing up for the the next election, which I think is around the corner. So this is the first time I met him. I met him online uh, through the uh, Facebook group. So he's a pretty interesting guy, and I'm sure he's got he's got a lot to say. So. I hope he calls back. I, I I clicked him on and his mic was open. He wasn't speaking. Yeah, maybe he's having uh, some troubles on his end. But I just want to go back so to those parties. I think the political party can work. Can... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go um, ahead, Chris. Go ahead. My question to you is: Remember when we talked about Nicole Labrador? Yes. I, okay, I Terry's, back. Terry's with us okay, now. Okay. Okay. Hello, Terry. Let's talk to him. Hello, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we have yeah. you now. Terry, welcome. Okay. Welcome, Terry. Hi, how you doing? Hi, I'm introduce yourself, please. Yeah, well, my name is Terry Hand. I'm uh, involved with the BC Refederation Party, which is a provincial party in British Columbia, Canada, on the west coast of Canada. Um, I'm not too well informed with regards to U.S. politics. I try to stay away from that. <laughs> you wish we could but too. I've been listening <laughs> intently. <laughs> and your reaction? Jerry, you reacted to what you heard tonight? I'm sorry, can you say that again? Your reaction to what you've heard tonight? You said you've been listening intently. What what is your reaction? Yes, uh, well the the gentleman that was talking about new party, I, I, I don't see a problem with that. The problem that we face with right now is we have established parties um that have been um in situ uh, especially in Canada, uh, under the Westminster system, um, going back to Charles the First. And uh, it was Charles the First that um closed Parliament down because he wanted he wanted to print his own money. And then it mm-hmm. came back again, and, and uh, the Westminster system of government we have in Canada is um, pretty well run um, off the English system. We started off as a colony, right? and, uh, and now we still basically run under the same, um, the same structure. Uh, with the states, what I see, m- my perspective on what I see, not understanding all the levels of government, but what I see is that the states is in a worse shape than Canada is, in as much as greed is what drives everything. And the people that have the money are the ones that dictate everything. I have no argument with that. I do. And no. so the gentleman was saying starting another party. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I can see that. Because if that party that's uh, that's that's begun um, has the um, fundamental values that 
direct democracy have, and people are uh, intent on putting that in, in place. And if they can get enough followers, then yes, I think it could work. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, you, 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 are, you are going to get attacked. You're going to get people trying to infiltrate your party. And of they're going to try to change things. They're going to try to steer you off course. Yes, um, that's going to happen regardless of, of who your leaders are. But but if your leaders are, are like uh, Bernie Sanders and and mobilize people quickly, I, um, that, that basis will stay, don't you think? Well, to me, uh, my position, uh, to me, I don't, I don't think uh, uh, we should even have leaders. Leaders come with egos, and generally they're easier to manipulate. They're easier Amen. to bribe. It's the people that should run the show. Well, the people should run the show. How do you educate the people without leaders? I mean, somebody has to, to speak it. Well, that's that's what that's what the party does, and it's promoting itself. I'm sorry. When you say educate, educate, educate them to what? Educate them to the ways of your party, or educate them to the ways of the world. Do you? If you ask any, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, educate them to the way that that you want to change parties or or to. become more communal or whatever it is that your goals are, somebody has to educate that, those people and right, to get and them on what, your side. But, well, that's part of your party uh, promotion and marketing. You mentioned, I think mentioned previously that you was in marketing. So if you had right. a party, you would be the person that would help to promote that party and put out their agenda, their platform, whatever you want to call it, and you would help in doing that. And if you can, if you can come to, if you can come to uh, um, the public, to the uh, electorate, and say, okay, this is what we want to do, uh, and if you can convince the the electorate that that's that's a viable alternative to what they have now, then right. you you're going to win them them over. I agree. I, so but as far as education, uh, um, I think you spoke on that uh, a little bit. A little uh, while ago with Stephanie, and you talked yeah. about education. And Stephanie said that the, the the voters are educated. Well, I don't think they are. If you take a, if you take a camera and a microphone out on the streets of New York and ask people, "How is money created?" and I'll bet you I'll bet you'll get very few people understand <laughs> how the money system now, works. Now, let me, let me use that for a moment because that that's 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 my point is that we have people out here quote unquote educating. That was my argument from the beginning right. is that a party definitely will come together and quote unquote do some educating, but that what when you look at what a group does, they is it, it's it's groupthink. And that education is going to be misinformation. So when he says who will do the educating, all I'm hearing is what self-interested parties will be controlling the narrative. Whereas in the Lodgen Project and many other direct democracy projects, but the Lodgen Project in particular, if, if you're trying to vote on something, there's not groupthink. There's, there's 
just a place that you care about, and there's a list of problems that you might care about, and you click on a problem you do, and you list, you're linked to all the best solutions anyone's thought of, and then you, you move on over one more tab, and you're looking at all the things people have proposed in that area, and you're seeing what proposals are being voted on right now, and you're welcome to make your own. So the ballot can itself be the educator. A person can, can see very clearly what the problems are. They can be stated with data. They can be debated openly. The Lodge and Project will have little tokens. People can drop debates into pages and notes, drop links to documentaries and whatever else they want. Um, and, and so that way we can have a robust conversation as a group without, without uh, set leaders. There will always be natural leaders who have uh, who are just more outspoken than other people, but uh, those people will be more likely to be uh, writing the pages and, and to be presenting the information. We naturally present information. We naturally educate one another. We just need to do this in a way where self-interest doesn't hijack the process. That's why I want to steer away from parties and help people to have complete decentralization. What yeah, but the problem with that corporations, one is you still need what parties corporations to... from, from being, why? Uh, why? 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 Okay, let no, me no, have. No, uh, if, if okay, I log listen, into Portland, uh, hold on. Hold on. If I log hold on, into hold Portland, on. Anthony, Anthony, and I hold see on, all on. the problems. Okay. And I Anthony, see all the solutions for all those problems. What does a What does a party do? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We have something going on up here. Terry is familiar with it. It's called the My Freedom 2017. Nicola Bressur is running it. Okay. So basically, it's. She doesn't want to call it a petition because it's not a petition, but apparently it's a referendum. So she wants to try to get 200 uh, – sorry, she wants to get 51% um, uh, signatures, e-signatures, in the province of Ontario. Okay, now God knows how long that's going to take. Probably will never happen. But, but my problem is, is, yes, once you have that signed and you take that in a court, how are you going to form a government? When you have nobody running in a in a in a in a, in a electric, you, know, uh, you understand so what I'm trying to say? A government is a is a process. Think of it as a processor chip. It doesn't build the roads. It doesn't do the war. Or do the education. It is literally just a decision making device. And right. So basically, but how do you implement have, direct democracy in a have, parliament? Okay. How do you administer a country? Well, the Sorry, country ahead, has problems, and the problems have solutions. So then people can either work, do direct okay, action. Okay, so you've got the solutions. The you know what the problems are. How do you administer it? The same if way you don't have a government does. in place, how do you, how do you, what structure do you use to administer everything that goes on in the country? You basically mimic the, the existing structure. You have a budget. I still think we should have taxes. Maybe an area will find a way to not have taxes and their own sovereignty. But the basic model is that we don't really change much at all except for the fact that the decisions are made by everyone. So instead yeah, well, of voting for people to vote on things, you just vote on things directly. So it, it's actually to me, to me it's, it's, not it's that simple. Weird. To me it's, yeah. it's, it's quite simple. We have a system set up. Here in Canada, we have a government set up that's been set up for over 100 years. It has yeah. civil servants. It has ministries. It has agricultural. It has um, judicial. You've got okay. all the different ministries. And all the, all the civil servants work, and it works like a well-oiled machine. What you have in charge of it, 
You see, the, the misnomer is that we have representatives in government. We don't. We vote people in thinking they're representatives, but they don't represent us. They re represent the uh, corporations, the banks, and whomever. So then it doesn't So if, if you can take a system that's working, and you know it's working, but if, Wait, you, can transfer, if you can transfer the authority from the politicians to the voters and let them have that authority throughout like throughout the year not just at election time i don't know how many times do they vote how many times uh, what what is the tenure of a um, of a political office in the states is it 4 years yes in america in the us well, yeah the yes. representatives are well, so you yeah, get to four vote every 4 years how four years for the president Six years for a senator, and I think it's two years for a congressman. Isn't that right? Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. See, so you 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 get to to cast a vote on those specific uh, times. Mm-hmm. But if you had direct democracy, and you and you could vote any time, if a if a politician, if a politician, a president, or a senator brings forth a bill or a piece of legislation that they want to put in. And if the if the electorate doesn't agree with it or thinks that it, it's bad for the country, for them, then they can veto it. The, the, the voters have the veto power under direct democracy. So they can veto it. They can repeal old legislation, old laws. See, power is, is in the who makes the laws. And if the people can make the laws and veto the laws and repeal the laws, then you don't have to worry about who's in power. Yeah, that's but a great idea. But then who, who's going to argue the, the pro and cons of that? It's simple. And people it's, naturally it's, well, do that. They, well, you they know, are very ready to do that on their own. You don't need to form a party for people to form a counter-argument. You could say the paint is fucking wet, and they would have to... They you you, you don't need to... parties. I agree with you, Stephanie. You don't need parties, but you need a party to establish it in the first place. Once, you, once you've right. got a party in that says, yes, yeah, we're going to establish yeah. direct democracy. So, so maybe I right. and, you, and once they're that's in... Beautiful. That's exactly my point. So we, we, and my, so, That's yeah. why you need a third party in order to create it. But you have right. a party that that's the party for like eliminating all parties. You have, it's just like a transition party. So, like if enough of them get in there, they will dismantle the old system and switch it over to the Basically, new. Basically, yes. Well, yes. Yeah. What you're doing is you're using you're using their system to change it. God, yeah, so we don't you, have, have a bloody I revolt. Really that's how you avoid a, a fucking civil war. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we agree that that needs to happen, but the question is whether or not the answer is to create something that goes beyond having parties, or whether it's to create the ultimate party. Yeah, but 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 the interim step needs to be taken, or, or you're going to die in the vine. Right. You know. Like I mean, I, I've looked at uh, this. I accuse that I, I was on a chat room with them, and fine. I, you know, I wish them well if they if they can bring in direct democracy but from what i from what i saw and what i heard they don't have any plans beyond taking um people's signatures and using it in a convention of what do they call it convention of consent convention of consent yeah 
And I'm yeah, not really sure how, how, how lawful that is, to be honest. Yeah, I, you and, know what, Terry? I'm in agreement with you. I, I don't, I don't see that working. Uh, first of all, you got you got you got to collect uh, over 51 percent uh, signatures in in Ontario. The population of Ontario is huge, and I, I just can't I can't see how they're going to garner all those uh, signatures. I just can't see it happening. And then I agree with you. Uh, once you do get the signatures, well, how the hell are you going to form this government? How, how are you going to establish? It's kind of like anarchy. And that's right, the last thing is. we need. We we don't need anarchy. We need freaking order. You've got to have so a plan I, that I, you're going to continue it. Exactly. And that's why I'm we not, need I have a order. better plan than just anarchy, though. Let's not sell our comrades short. No, 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 no. And but I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm, Anthony, I'm just saying that we need a party to get in there to organize things, to implement direct democracy. And then yeah. I would be the first one, and I'm sure Terry agrees with me, that we say, all right, Constitution new constitution, get rid of all these political parties, no more politicians, representatives. Okay. The thing is, they they talk about the American constitution. Is there a constitution in the United States that anybody can point to me and say that, yes, that is what the people ratified? From From what I know from history, it was a bunch of landowners, very rich landowners, that put the constitution together. They signed it. So, so the, the people have never been given the opportunity to consent to a constitution. And the definition of a constitution is one that derives its power from the, pil- from the people, from the will of the people. That's right. That isn't quite true. We, uh, the first ten amendments, sure, that, that was very early on. But what do we have now? We have like 29 amendments. So we've had 19 that, that we amended it so that the women could vote. Uh, we amended it um, so that we had prohibition, and then we amended it back so we didn't have prohibition. The, the right, people but the, had the, the thing with the Constitution, Constitution, you also have to protect it. Uh, the citizenry has an obligation to protect the Constitution once they have it in place. They haven't done that in the States, and that's why they're in the mess that they're in. Well, it, it, um, I would say it's been an uphill business. This was not an even fight they didn't they control the system so when we tried to use it for change they just used it against us that's why i'm i'm calling the idea of advocating for a party uh, just in itself uh suicide we, we we do have to band together and if we don't want a civil war we're going to have to change it from the inside but yeah you direct democracy will not be a, i don't think it's going to be a credible party in the eyes of the of the majority out there until we have a proof of concept and that's what lodging is supposed to be. It's, it's, okay, can uh, we use that? Uh, uh, Terry, uh, how is the, uh, the, the, the BC Refed Party? The BC Refed Party Say that again. in British Columbia. Uh, your party in British Columbia. Because I'm, I'm from Ontario. Yeah. Uh, we started in 2001. Uh, how is it doing? How, is it doing the, how did it do in the, election, uh, the last election? Because I hear it did very well. Well, we, we didn't. We we had but, but what we did have we had 22 candidates. Uh, po- uh, the population of um, of British Columbia, by the way, is about uh, about 4.8 million. We're a, okay. you know, we're a large province, small population. But what I can say is, we had about 22 candidates, so we started to get known. The reason we want we want to get on the ballot is so that our name gets out there. Once that election was over, the um, 
the the um, candidates that we had, Dallas Hills was one of them. Um, but the the candidates we had, they all disappeared into the woodwork afterwards. We, we got votes, but we didn't get, and we didn't we didn't intend to. to we we knew we wouldn't win. This this so year we're having an election in point? May. We're having an election in May, and we don't even have any candidates right now. We're trying to get more That's... candidates. Now, is that because well, of a fear? People are scared. Well, think I think one? with the with the candidates we had, they just got disheartened and 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 walked away from it. Uh, there's a, a handful of us that keep this going, and we keep educating people. People are starting to come around. In the last 11 years, I've seen people. I've seen the the the, um, the mention of um, direct democracy more and more. Yeah. The online, oh, social yeah, media. That's why I'm arguing. So just like the same way Nick had said, is it going to be anarchy when the, if those people won? It's it's like the same. It's the same question everyone's having. They're going to be like, well, what would it look like if you won? Like, what does your system look like? And that's why I'm saying. Okay, if it, it wouldn't look any different than it is now, it wouldn't look any different. We need. We need something online that many people can log into and make decisions through, and other people can look to that community and be like, oh, that's working for them. No, so, no but, Anthony, nobody's arguing that. We, no, we, we well, you can do that, that by going to Switzerland. Yeah. You can see that it's working in Switzerland and has done for over a 1,000 years. Yeah, I mean, in Switzerland, enough. the cantons, the, the local cantons have been doing it for over a 1,000 years. At the federal level, um, they've been doing it for about 150 years. And I can give you many examples. But in those 150 years, they only were able to pass like 16 referendums. Yeah, there's a lot of counter-arguments there. You know, so I mean... It depends on the importance of the referendums. The, the, The Swiss people vote on things that they find important. They had a referendum about three years ago. And it was actually it wasn't that long ago. It was about two years ago. And it was about raising the minimum wage. And the voters voted it down. Actually, uh, uh, Terry, down. They, they have one even more recent. They have one well, on the quite universal basic income. Right. Yeah, one, okay, so yeah. what was it, a year ago? And they voted, and they yes. voted against it, by the way. Yeah. Now, it said in the paper that because they wanted to raise the minimum wage to something like uh, um, 26 francs, something like that an hour. Well, most people were on 27 francs an hour anyway, so that's probably one of the reasons they voted it down. I don't know. But I'll give you a prime example. There was a woman in Switzerland, her daughter was badly beaten and raped by three guys. She went to the police. They they found the uh, culprits. They arrested them. And she went to the police, and then she went to the government and said, I want to get a maximum sentence for these guys. I want life. And, of course, nobody would touch it. That lady went out. She collected 100,000 signatures. It forced a referendum. And now in Switzerland, if you, if you rape somebody beat, and beat them, you know, brutal rape, you're in life, life imprisonment. Wow. Rightfully so, right? That is the power of one person, one voter. Right, exactly. And also the empathy of of a nation, or perhaps the vengeance of a nation. 
But they still have a government. They still have a government. It still oh, works. Still There's certain things that like, you cannot change the constitution without a referendum of the people. Right. Now, do they do that in the yeah. States, or do they just change it and say, hey, we're changing we the have a, uh, Constitution? Well, to change the Constitution, we have to have a constitutional convention, and all the states have to sign on to it. And right now, I, I believe there's like 17 states that have signed on, um, but we're we're trying to get that going. Signed on to what? The Constitutional yeah. Convention. Yeah, but anyway, the conversation that people have in the states, like, do they do they go to each state and they have town hall meetings and they get, uh, do they get like the citizens' approval on on uh, changes to the constitution, or is it something that the politician just does on their own? The politicians. No. The, okay, the, there you go. Let, 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 let's use the Equal Rights Amendment, um, which is probably the the freshest thing I can think of that that we try to do to change our our constitution. We need two-thirds, so we needed 38 states to change the, the Constitution. We needed voters in 38 states to, to approve it. We only got 35 states, and so it, it didn't happen. But we got very, very close. But, again, um, we, we have that within our Constitution to do it, uh, but it's very difficult to make it happen. Now Very. you think that you think in a, if they had direct democracy in the states, that it would be a lot easier. Well, under direct democracy, one voter would be able to bring it forward and say, "Okay, I want to force a referendum, a national referendum." So everybody goes to right. the ballot, and it'd be a national vote, right? And yeah, the, and it'd be there's much nothing simpler. wrong with that idea. It just it just needs to uh, to make it happen. Uh, we need leaders to make that change, and I just don't think that it's going to change until we have like like is it Jerry or Terry? Um, Terry, 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 Terry. I'm sorry. Like Terry said, uh, we need the third party or the fourth party to to get the people um, to make those changes because the two parties inherently won't make the changes. Oh, you'll never get it from the mainstream parties currently. No, they've got they've got a gravy chain that that train that they're sitting on, and they're just yeah. pulling money out of there like crazy. Yeah, but I don't know how else you you get the grassroots to do it without a people's party or something else. Well, I guess no, you've got to start at the I local agree. level. So you've got to start a party, get people interested, and if if you can do that, and then expand on it. Well, so basically, I, party I'm, politics is just a divisive measure to divide people. That's all it. Yeah. That's all it really does. It is. That's what parties do. Is say, oh, you're so, that that's party. the whole you're purpose all these of it. Things that we project on you, it, you become someone's caricature. Whereas, it, once we build Lodge, and you'll see that it, it's really more effective to just have an area with its problems and its solutions. When you, there's no identity or ego that goes into that. There's just what do you care about, and let's talk about the best solutions. And people will be debating uh, each other's ideas over solutions because we naturally compete. We it just we can't help it. So right. once you make uh, a new system where they can see it, and they can see that this is a fundamentally different form of government. It, it there's not going to be a eventually not going to be a building full of others. It's just going to be us, all of us. 
that's a totally different paradigm. And I think we need to show them that and show them how unscary it is and how useful and cool it is. I guess you just have to ask them the question. The question would be something to the effect of, would you like the voters to be able to create the laws, to veto the laws, and to be able to repeal the laws any time? That's basically, that's what it is. That's what direct democracy is. You have that, you have that opportunity. And when, you, when, they, when the politicians know that the um, voters, the electorate, has that authority, there's very, there's very uh, little they can. Uh, they won't put, um, they won't put frivolous legislation in place because they know it'll get voted down. Yeah. Corporations won't invest money into politics anymore because they know that the, the politicians have no power. It's the, it's the voters yeah. that have the power. So They're why would propaganda. I? I mean, they talk about donations. They're not donating money. They're, they're putting an investment into George Bush or Obama or whoever's running for president. Right. Yep. They're investing their money, and they're waiting for a return on that investment. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. And that's how and representative democracy works. <laughs> that's right. why. Yeah, well, we have, the, we have the illusion of democracy. I call it's fake democracy. set up that way, and, it, and, it's, and it's sold to us that way. Well, it's a kleptocracy. We have a democracy. It's really a kleptocracy. They're all all governments are kleptocracy. No, they truly are. They truly are. But Terry, how, is, there, is there a way of getting the? I mean, how come this message hasn't gotten out? Like, I mean, is the Swiss has had it has had it for uh, for over a thousand years. Well, the thing the thing too is that you faced when when we was uh, in the uh, two thousand eight election here in BC. We had 22 candidates, and we fought tooth and nail trying to get on television, trying to get, um, trying to get our uh, word, our message out. But they concentrated on the two main parties: the opposition, the NDP, and the Liberals. They concentrated on both those parties. There was nobody else got a smelling. I mean, look, t- cast your mind back to um, what's his name. What's the name of the doctor that ran for ran there but in 2004, I think it was? Are you talking about up here in Canada? No, th- this is in, in the States. He's, oh, he's the a States. congressman from Texas, Ben Carson? Oh, Ron, Ron, Paul. Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Ron Paul, that's him. Now, Ron, Ron Paul, Paul, he won a major, he, he won a major, um, I think it was called, called a straw poll in Iowa, I think it was. And the next day, right. every single channel mentioned all five, six, or seven candidates in that straw poll. But they didn't once mention Ron Paul, and he came second. That's right. That's right. I remember that. They didn't mention him once. Well, the whole entire... No, I mean, that, that is blatant. That, that's got to tell the American public something. Well, they, they no, one, of the, one of the talk show hosts had it on. They saw it in this election with Bernie Sanders. The media did not cover him at all. Yeah. They gave it all well, to no, Trump. No, they won't cover him. That isn't true at all. It isn't. What's not true, Chris? They did not cover Bernie well, at all. I can prove it. You want me to prove it? I will prove it. How did he get 23 states? I mean, he, he, he did that by the media, dip- Chris. He, Social the media. Did it, 
He did it by the Social dint of media. force, and eventually he got the media. He just, he. Chris, the, it's uh, a proven fact. He did not get the coverage. I can, got, I can, uh, I can prove you. A tiny, okay, so technically they did feature him for a few minutes. However, when, they, analysts, when analysts compared the amount of time that was given to him versus Trump, the ratio was 1 to 23. Well, I, I don't disagree with that. They, they over-saturated uh, Trump and, uh, yeah, be, because they, they, they wanted ratings. Because also, they wanted uh, ratings. Also, they were told to. Uh, the Democratic Party came to them and had a convention, so even they wanted to play Trump up as this terrible monster so that even their most unelectable candidate in history, Clinton, could win. And they failed. So the, they, Democratic they, Party, they failed. the Democratic Party owns the newspapers and, and owns the, the TV stations? No, the they, people who well, own the Democratic Party do. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually own the Democratic Party. Yeah. The corporations right. that which, own which the Democratic It's the shadow <laughs> government. The people that invest in the, in the uh, political system, they're right. the ones that call the shots. Right. Yeah. The shadow government. Yeah. And so that's why I'm advocating for a third party that Bernie helps get born. I mean, he's not going to do it. I'm t- well, I'm then, he'll never, now, he'll never do it. Do he'll it. never do it. He's not going to do it. Yeah. He's he's already well, then we're, whatever whatever agreement he made course, with Democrats is made. Without a charismatic person, you're gonna your your ideas are not going to happen. They're just of not. Course. I mean, uh, these ideas have existed since I was a little kid. And they and they haven't gone anywhere. You guys yeah, will never fly without without yeah. magic. You'll never fly. That's what I'm hearing. Well, Bernie Sanders uh, denied his own corruption. Denied denied the fact that uh, his own party screwed him. He's not, he doesn't even want to talk about it. That's so there's no way he's going to run. Beginning, man. This, this yeah, whole, he's like, not going to run for a third party. party thing. We might be able to form a party that gets somewhere if we build the new system first so people can go to the new system, see that it's working, get their own benefits and kudos, and then and then when they see that someone's running representing that specific technology that they back and totally connects them with them and their, their own community, then then that party can win. But if you just try and start a party for direct democracy, you're going to get the same results you've been getting. We have to create well, a new system but, so we can but, prove to them, hey, look, look at it. It's there. It's fucking there. Uh, yeah, but, for me, but Tony, you have this. to do something that people can recognize. A lot of yeah. people, again, and again, I, 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 hey, listen, you know me. I'm, I'm all for lodging and that, and that type of, uh, uh, of uh, technology. technology. I'm all for it. But you yeah. also have to do uh, something that people can relate to. And going yeah, back I'm just saying the order. I'm talking about the and order. Back, so if, if, okay, so okay that's fine. But going back to uh, Nicole's you. thing, Nicole LeBrasseur's My Freedom 2017, uh, I, I even told Nicole that uh, you know, people, are not, people can't relate to this because they, all, they, all they know is political parties. And, Terry, I don't know if you can agree with me or not. Even up in Canada, where, where we're from, uh, people just recognize political parties. So uh, I agree with yeah. Terry. The only way you can get your foot in the door I mean, we could still do the, the the lodge and stuff, absolutely, because eventually down the road, you know, that's how we're going to deal with politics is is mainly online. But I'm how saying we get lodging is probably going to succeed because with, no, without absolutely it will. But I'm saying getting our foot in the door. You when you talk about technology, are you talking about a new voting you need, system? 
you need, yeah, you need, you need someone to be succeeding somewhere with a particular system, a proof of concept, and then you can say, look, direct democracy works, not just in Sweden, but we have these cool new technologies. Look at this community. Look at this community. They're using this one. Uh, when you have that, then direct democracy gains legitimacy. It stops becoming a nebulous concept that scares people, and it becomes this thing where you're like, oh, I think we should just do it like this. And you point to a community that's happy with what they have. That's what we need. And until we have the proof of concept, movements for direct democracy are going to be stale as they ever were. There's gonna, I mean, we'll be gaining some steam because people are kind of waking up, but we're never going to get there until we have our proof of concept. And that's what I've been arguing this entire episode. No, I, I see yes, what you're saying. You want to work your yes, model so people can actually and, physically and, use it. We need to yeah, make I it so it's not a nebulous concept, so they can look at yeah, it. No, so, so like a working, I'm a, I'm a little, a working concept. I'm a little confused here. Are, are we talking about yeah. a um, system of voting electronically? Yes. yes. See, I, I, for one, don't trust that. There's been so many. I mean, George Bush in Florida, um, there's been so many, um, there's been so many uh, whistleblowers that have come forward uh, the information's out there on the web. Um, Can I speak they've to had that for a the moment? people up in front of uh, what, what do they call those things when they bring them up in front of the uh, uh, when they have those inquiries. We all know you have a good point. You don't even have to elaborate further. Yes, the vote. I just don't passed. trust electronic However, voting. However, you have to understand that that's that's you trying to trust uh, an electronic system built by them. So it has no transparency in any of the ways that matter, and that was intentional. They they want these things to be untrustable. They want conflict. They they thrive on division and fear. So if we True. can create a system that we can trust and we can cross-verify, that where uh, – I mean – there's there's many options for how a community could vote. If there's a vote that's dangerous, then the, we will be experiment we will be experimenting with pseudo anonymous methods. But in the beginning, it's going to be transparent and it's going to be small, so you can actually look at these accounts and see if they're bots. Uh, there's there's ways to build trust, and people have been building trust. The the look at couchsurfing.com. You have strangers from God knows where coming into your own house. And people just keep doing it again and again because they have great times because they know if someone's a shithead that they that someone will write that they were a shithead and then they will be on their profile forever. They can't take it off. So you have this you have strategies for building trust. And just because one shitty old technology did not deserve trust, it totally did not deserve your trust, um, doesn't mean that every technology in the future will not be trustworthy. That's just one more technological barrier. That's one more design challenge. Correct. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm not a techie. In fact, I, I'm I'm talking to you off my regular phone because I couldn't even go through Skype. Try uh, <laughs> twice. <laughs> hey, I'm using. I'm with you on that one, Terry. I'm, I'm talking through my own phone too. So. I'm kidding. Um, I'm not a Luddite, so. Uh, but I, I, I also wanted to mention. I just wanted to mention that in 2010, in British Columbia, the um, the the um, premier of the province, Gordon Campbell, was trying to introduce a tax called the HST, and. 
the people in BC, we do have a, a, a very small, um, you can call it direct democracy, but we have what we call an Initiative and Recall Act. And it's only been used a couple of times. But anyhow, to cut a long story short, we use this in BC and we repealed, we, we made them repeal the legislation they brought in and we're one of the few provinces in Canada now that doesn't have to collect HST, harmonized tax. And we had, we had over 700,000 uh, signatures on petitions. We had more people sign that petition than actually voted in the province in the, in the previous election. And I was heavily involved in that. I was one of the um, regional organizers looking after several uh, electoral districts. But that was a case of the people speaking out and saying, no, we don't want that tax. Take it off the table. And it was it was taken off. And it resulted in the uh, resignation of the Premier. Wow. That, that's very impressive. How, how how did the grassroots of that grow? Was it just because of the anger of the tax? Or, or what would Everybody you say? Everybody hated the tax. They didn't want it. Yeah. And the, the government had said previously to him getting elected, that it wasn't even on their radar. And then as soon as they were elected, bang, it was back on the table. And people were so ticked off about it. Wow. And it's you can pick that up on, uh, on, the, on Google. Just Google it. Definitely. No, I, I, actually, I remember, Terry. Uh, I remember that happening, so. So it's just another prime example of uh, when uh, when you uh, leave the vote for people, people will will speak out. Yeah, if if there's if there's an issue there that they, they're interested in, they'll they'll speak out on it and they'll do something about it. But it, it it was a it was a sample of how direct democracy can work, and I think it opened a lot of eyes in in uh, BC. But the the the, um, the thing for me was the fact that more people turned out to sign the petition than actually came out to vote in the in the election. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get well, that, people. To, well, I can it's hard to get people to engage. I mean, you get sometimes you just get a little bit of participation, but to get them fully engaged is really difficult. Yeah, it's got to be something they're interested in. I mean. <clears throat> if it's a serious issue, right, then people will come out and they'll voice their opinions on it. Yeah. Right. And that that's happening now with Trump. People are uniting against him. And that's why I'm saying there's an opportunity to have things happen if we can have leaders that unite in a way against the things he's doing. And um, but if Bernie doesn't want to step up, and if if um, Elizabeth Warren doesn't step up, I don't know how we change things. Well, like I said before, I don't think you'll get any uh, help from any of the existing parties That's or exactly politicians because yeah. they're all in the same club. I think um, yeah. George Carlin said it best: "It's a big club, and you ain't in it." Right. Yes. That's right. That's why I'm saying we need the proof of concept thing Because then we can It's not the same old game It's like hey look we've had a quantum leap forward In the relevant technologies here 
look at this cool thing. It's working. It works for nonprofits and groups. And, uh, on, I'm going to have to sign off, guys. I, uh, I've got to. Oh, thank you okay, so Jerry's much for joining in. us, Jerry. It was a All great right, time. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Yeah. Just send me, a, just send me a, a, a note when you're going to be discussing different stuff. Or oh, do you have a menu uh, or a schedule I, that you put out? If you, if we, we you follow, if you follow the uh, the pod the podcast, if you sign up to Blog Talk Radio, and you follow it, you'll get an email when we're going on the air. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you so much. Okay, nice talking to you. Pleasure meeting you. Take yeah, care. Bye now. Bye bye. So we have a half hour left. Uh, who wants to talk about what? Uh, well, I don't know if you guys wanted to get into the uh, universal uh, basic income. I don't know if you guys. That were sounds ready. good. Sure. Sure. So um, I, I I don't know if you guys know what that is or not, but um, yes. They're running uh, pilot projects all around the world. I know they're supposed to be doing one here in Canada. Um, they actually they they already did one back in the seventies in, in Manitoba, which is another province here on, in uh, Canada. Um, but mm-hmm. now they're starting off again. Apparently they're gonna they're gonna do one in Finland. They're gonna do a project. Yeah. Uh, Switzerland voted it down through a refer- national referendum, they said no to it. And basically what it is is uh, because of the ever-growing automation uh, manufacturing, uh, because of that, it's uh, basically a lot of jobs are being, are being lost. So to try to combat that, they're going to introduce a, um, uh, a basic income, uh, which would probably be paid each month uh, regardless of employment or not, so everybody would get a check from the government uh, every month. Uh, now, I don't know if that's going to work provincially or on the state state level or, or if that's going to work nationally. So it is a huge concern because uh, a lot of manufacturing is going automated. Uh, so basically, I don't know if you guys had any concerns about that. Well, I I'm a proponent of it. Uh, I believe in it. I think it's. Uh, I don't. I think it, we're going to get to a point where we look back in history and say, "I can't believe we went so long without it." Um, there's no reason why, if you lose your job, you, sh- you might starve to death. I mean, not in the richest country in the history of the world that America is. It just doesn't make sense. If we just did, like Trump wants to spend eighty-four billion dollars beefing up the military and cutting. And giving austerity to the people, uh, that's not going to fly, and the people are are going to push back on that. Uh, I'm not quite we, sure if, I understand how it works. That if if you if you have a job and you make more money than the basic income level, you still get a check from the government. Yes. Yes, because the whole purpose is they want to get rid of welfare and they want to get rid of uh, a lot of those. Uh, right. It's an economic uh, stimulus package. Pretty like much, yeah. economic stimulus package. It's all going back to business. Wouldn't that make prices just go higher? No, not necessarily. It has to be implemented. It has to be implemented. Yeah, because, Chris, they're going to eliminate other programs, like the welfare program, the unemployment so you wouldn't need unemployment anymore. You wouldn't need welfare anymore. Yeah. Um, so in actuality, 
uh, it would it would save the government a lot of money because they would get rid of all the other programs, and you wouldn't need to hire people to run those programs. Again, it sounds like utopia to me. I mean, I don't see if if people are uh, if they're getting that basic income and and working, why wouldn't why wouldn't your rents go up to two thousand dollars a month because you you've got this extra Simple. income? Simple. There's there's no there's no one who can pay that. I mean, there are always going to be some people who want the mansions or whatever. But if you're just going to try and take some shitty little apartment and make it cost four thousand bucks a month, you're not going to get it. You're, you, the market force the the stimulus you're package gonna, isn't that big. You're going to get it if most people are working and getting an extra stipend. Of course, you're going to get it. Some people might get a, a lot. People are already charging two k for uh, per month in California and stuff. Uh, but that. I don't. I don't understand why you think that if the the bottom goes up, that all rents everywhere are going to be able to explode. That doesn't seem logical. Well, actually, you know what, Chris has got a good point. You know what, Chris, you got a good point, and, and this is what I was going to talk about. I think a basic income is a necessity, but I think under a capitalist system, it won't work, only because people will get more greedier, just like Chris was mentioning. I think if uh, if the capitalist component was was gone uh, and people were getting a basic income, it would be more viable. So it's it, called it, inflation. It's not like not everyone can just charge whatever they want for any for any. I mean, you can try. You can literally write thirty under million dollars on the apartment. Under, but, under but here's the thing: it's ca- there's, that doesn't mean that it's it's not going to pop immediately. So, <laughs> like, people, I can say, hey, this candy bar is thirty million dollars. But if everyone around me is providing candy bars for a dollar, I'm not going to be able to get my thirty million. So, so because the the bottom is increasing, but the um, the whole of it isn't increasing that much. It's just the the level of inequality dropping by the bottom going up. You're you're not gonna not everyone will be able to get that much money. Maybe some rents will go up, but not all of them will be able to. And that that's the end of the hand. Chris, were you yeah. able to read that article about basic income? Uh, that- I I looked at it, but I, I spent more time with the other article, and the the it, it was so collegiate. It, 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 it I had to swim through it, and I didn't have time to really uh, spend with it. It um, I mean by that I mean it was so prof- professorial that it was it was hard to read. Um, oh, I, not that I can't read. Oh, um, oh, well. um, but I I you know when I started working at uh, the minimum wage was a dollar sixty, and now we're talking about twelve and fifteen dollars for the minimum wage. There's there's a reason why we have inflation. There's a reason why we still have poor people. If we give it to if if we give a minimum wage to everybody, I mean a, a minimum income, and then other people work, and the and the people that aren't working, there's there's still going to be there's still going to be that same gap. Why would you give it to everybody? I don't quite understand that. Listen, uh, it's called income, egalitarianism. Basic income is a floor below which no one should fall. Through tax right, and why why not just give it to the people that don't don't make it? Why why give it to everybody? It's because not about then you're gonna have money. you're gonna have people you're gonna have people complaining that, well, that well, it's gonna yeah. be the whole welfare state. Political issue. 
Yeah, you know, these guys are a bunch of bunch of bloodsuckers, bunch of welfare con artists. So that's why they're saying they're going to eliminate the welfare, eliminate the unemployment, get rid of all those other social programs, yeah. and they're going to implement one check for everybody so nobody complains. Well, it's not and, about, and about the rent thing. About the rent thing. If everyone's making a basic minimum income of, say, $1,000, and then there's going to be a vast market for pe- where people are trying to rent something out that they know everyone can afford because they know there's a big market out there. There's a bunch of money they can access if they just make a livable place for 600 a month or something. Don't you think it's and, sick that we have to think this way? That, oh, my God, yeah, you exactly. want more money and we're going to be stuck driving? That, that, no. the, there's going to be a lot of slums. That's, that's we don't have to accept this, Chris. We don't have to say, well, just now because you're well, basically that's the reality now of it, we have Stephanie. to pay five thousand a month. No, I no, think that, we have the power to say no, to brother. It, we we don't have to run things this way. There doesn't have to be people starving under the bridge for inflation right. to not rise up. Inflation is controlled by many factors, and it's not it's not primarily controlled by people starving to death under the bridge. That's not how it works. Um, in fact, it might actually it might actually prevent inflation if uh, if everyone knows that there's just a set income that mo- that everyone has. They'll know that a house needs to be this much or less, that a well, car needs to be this much or less. I agree. How can you have a So so if if that if that income is that comfortable, why would anybody work? Because they want nicer things. You see, people always want that nicer That's car. Right. They want to go out more. They want to travel. Huh? Prices will go up for nicer things. That's that's for, why for, you will for, still for, have okay. a bottom class. Let me just read you a little bit. Uh, yeah, but that bottom class won't be freezing to death outside. That's the, old, that's yeah. the whole thing. Eventually, <laughs> there will be. Eventually, there will be. Chris, no, let me address what you just said. Can I address what you just you said, need... Chris? Yeah, please. What about the risk that a few persons will feel motivated to contribute and live a very modest existence on a basic income all their lives, something they could not do now without penalty? Is it undeniably true that this does raise some tricky ethical questions? However, I do not think these are unique to basic income, but perennial in human society. Most institutions that support formal employment also have other independently valuable functions. Producing more market income is not the only objective of basic income, just as it's not the only objective of public education. If someone decides to be a housewife or husband, presumably we might still think the education they received is useful in some way. There are people who undertake risky sports that it costs the majority that do not do those sports to ensure. Prisons are costly. In other words, there are many areas of public expense that do not have a direct market productive value, but we value all the same. We could value giving citizens basic security on the premise that this generates safer communities. It is important to consider that the incentive to earn and progress is not diminished by definition by a basic income reform. Okay. Again, you, you give it to the people who need it. Not, I mean, I, I, I just don't see, uh, like, uh, was it Nick who said that in a capitalistic system that it won't work? It won't work here. 
Okay, so can you base your statements in like some sort of um, like like when programmers talk and they predict a bug, they say what the bug is and where they think it will be, and that way another programmer can come along and say, oh, I have a patch for that. When the DDoS blah 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 unpatches, then the the repatch will come in, and you can have a you can have a real conversation. Right now, we're having a nebulous conversation about what can and cannot exist with with arguments that are incredibly unscientific, uh, objective. I I appreciate your your devil's advocate nature. I just want to see you make more concise arguments that can be themselves proven or disproven. Fair? Well, explain to me why you think it would work. I, I, um, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. wouldn't. Name an argument why it wouldn't. This would be great. This is okay. Think about like this. college is not demeaned by the existence of public education. College might have gotten more expensive over the years, but that might not even be because of the existence of public education. Public education brought the floor up. And that didn't make it so you couldn't study a PhD. That meant that it would be easier to study a PhD because there's more respect for education. So what do you think will not work about the guaranteed minimum income? Name above. Inflation. I keep saying oh. it, inflation. Okay. So we can, we can actually address that here. Inflation is when the buying power drops for the same good. So uh, a loaf of bread just becomes more and more expensive, right? That's that's right. the that's the, the the core of it. And and what I was trying to say earlier is that there is uh there is a limit. All of the prices are set at their present limit. If someone could have got thirty million dollars for a loaf of bread, there'd be a bakery doing that right now. So the reason bread is five dollars per loaf right now, what even though in capitalism they can say it costs anything they want. Uh, the reason bread is $5 or less a loaf is because that is where the present buying power is. And I'm guessing your argument is that if everyone had more buying power, um, there would be more demand for goods, uh, supply remains the same, and we will just see the cost of bread go higher and higher and higher. Um, but that that's not... Like the, there's not going to be an unlimited ability for the bread mar or for any particular market to expand. The housing market, uh, there, there. Like I said, there might be places where the rent does go up because some people were able to charge more for those spaces. But at the same time, there's going to be a huge market. The majority of the market is going to be catering, catering towards what they see out there, and so. Um, it's not like we're proposing people make thirty grand per month. They're only going to be making like one, one and a half grand a month or something, maybe two. So the the basically the the prices will adjust to what the economy is putting out, and they will it will reach an equilibrium just as it has before. Um, well, a lot of inflation is not coming from the buying power of people. A lot of the inflation is actually coming from uh, from uh, banking policies, like when they when they uh, quote unquote originate greed. money and greed, more Anthony. Money greed. Than, uh, okay, it's well, greed. But there's structural components. No, it is. It's greed. We we want an objective analysis, not something rooted in a spiritual analysis. So where where is the dollar inflating at? Specifically, and I would say that that's when when the government starts printing more money, and they're not it's not gold backed. Um, 
that's a huge problem. Uh, yeah. there's, there's many points of contact. So, so at the end of the day, and it's honestly, inflation isn't even an end. If, like, remember, inflation it pertains to a quality of a means to an end. So if at the end of the day, no one has to worry about freezing a death outside because they all have a basic income and, and there's lots of apartments or housing that cater to that. So we know, uh, we know that you're not going to freeze to death outside. We know people are taken care of. Then inflation isn't the most important thing. Infla- but but we don't want an inflation that can destabilize that situation, and that's what I'm telling you is inflation will it can be stabilized, and if we have a competent government that's not just overprinting money, then then we can do that. Yeah. No, uh, but the problem we is don't, we don't need people freezing. There's a lot of factors here. There's a lot of scenarios you're naming here that are, are possibilities, but that's the problem. Yeah. There's just possibilities. You, you can't count on the government. You're not going to count on the banks. Yeah. So what I'm trying, trying to say is, I don't want to see anybody freeze out in, in, under a bridge. There's no fucking way. That is just totally that, – that's unnecessary, especially and in this day and age. that's not the reality. Yes, we don't need to do yeah, that. But the reality is is because under a capitalist system, uh, you're going to have a few who are going to amass all the fucking wealth, and yeah. they're not going to give a shit about the rest. And that's they're why we have taking. inflation, because there's scarcity. There shouldn't be scarcity. But right. there is. Yeah. And I agree with you, Anthony. I agree with you. Uh, and again, I'm I'm a big proponent of, of the basic income, but under a capitalist society, it can't yeah, it's work. Not, enough. not for long. Yeah, it can't work because they they'll pervert it somehow. And those they, people they that were living under a bridge will be go, they'll be going back. Right. That's right. It can't work under capitalism. Yep. Bingo. But that's the thing is it's still a strategy that works. It's just it needs to be part of a larger strategy. We're not saying yes, it does exactly. Work. Do, you, do you get that? Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's going, going, back back going back to the I bank mean, thing. Uh, sorry, right. Chris. Going back to the bank thing here yep. in Canada. In 1974, uh, Canada used to issue uh, money from the Bank of Canada to its provinces. So uh, let's say the province of Ontario wants to build a bridge. They would borrow money from the Bank of Canada. Bank of Canada would loan it to them interest-free, and they would say, here, take the money, pay us back. You have a certain amount of time to pay us back, pay us back, but no interest on it. Okay. Now, World Bank, the uh, Bank of uh, uh, International Settlements, BIS, I think they're called, well, they're criticizing Canada. Because we had too much stagflation. There's nothing wrong with stagflation. Stagflation is actually good because the cost of money is not going to go up. Everything, and and your, uh, your deficits are not going to go up. Well, my point is, after 74, our uh, president, our prime minister, Trudeau, who's actually uh, – his son is the, is the current prime minister. Well, what he did was any, uh, any loans that came out of the Bank of Canada had to be put up to tender – and had to be uh, 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 lended by a private by a private bank. Okay, so now a province wants to borrow money. They have to go through a private lender. What do you think that private lender is going to do? They're going to give you the money, but they're going to charge you interest. And that is the same thing in the states with the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is the right. same way. 
it's not a national bank. It's not the, the Treasury Bank of the United no. States. It's, it's a, a private, private bank. bank. People and don't that's why that. they don't. don't. That. And that's why we have so much inflation is because of those guys. And, and your debt is – our debt is getting bad too. But that's why our debt is so high. It's because of the money that they lend out that they don't have, first of all. They lend out this money they don't have, but they charge you interest, and they charge so much interest you'll never pay it back. And that's why we have inflation. What we are currently, I think, oh, it's yeah. around that's 12 or $13 trillion in debt. And just to give you an idea of the money pit the Pentagon is, they lost, literally lost, you can Google this, $8.5 trillion in 2013, and no one, not one presidential candidate through the entire election season mentioned this at all. That's not right. one. That's right. And our and our national debt is thirteen trillion. So they just found the money in the Pentagon lost. I think, it's, to pay I think it's closer to nineteen trillion. Is it? Well, at least half yeah. of it Pentagon lost. Yeah. Now wasn't it Donald Rumsfeld that the day before nine eleven said there is uh, I don't know how much billions of dollars and they can't account. He actually went on the stand in front of the press and he said there's yeah. trillions of dollars missing. And we don't yes. know where they, where it went. How That's on top of, and that number I just gave you is on top of those trillions that he lost. Exactly. Yeah. So who has who's has, whose pockets are those in? All the dictators. Unbelievable. Maybe some maybe some of those bombs that they dropped in Iraq. Uh heartbreak, heartbreak. It just. Yeah. It, we have to stand up and say we've had enough. And and this is what I, I wanted to kind of hit on the Icelandic uh, revolution. And uh, I really think the time is for, I mean, they went in, they were able to purge. They were able to throw people in jail. We need, we are at that point now. We need to do this. We have to do this. Waiting to vote is going to, we're, we're giving ourselves a death sentence. The deregulation is going to kill us. If he continues to, to deregulate the climate, my grandchildren are not going to have a planet to live on. Okay. We're going to, we're going to, our cities are going to look like China. It's going to be a complete disaster. In four years, you can't imagine the atrocities that he can commit. And we cannot sit back and let this happen. So I don't know what people think uh, is going to happen here, but we really have to push push the envelope and get these show up in Washington on May 1st at the general strike and demand them out. They are not doing the will of the people. They have to do the will of the people. They're not doing it. End of rant. Sorry. I mean, I, 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 it is that grave of a danger we're in and I don't understand why more people aren't screaming for this. It just seems like everybody's in a coma. I don't think they can see this. I, 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 again, I just keep thinking we need to show them what it looks like. So far we have these words, direct democracy, and we attach these meanings to them, but they don't know what it's, the nuts and bolts are going to be. When they can actually type into the thing and, and see its failings and see its improvements and its, its uh, refinement over time, then it, it becomes a real thing that they understand and know the face of, know, know the nuts and bolts of. It's not abstract anymore. 
Uh, since you talked about that, Stephanie, um, the, uh, the Next Step System Project has a webinar on June 29th um, that we might, you know, talk about to uh, encourage people to, 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 you know, tap into it and, and find out what they're trying to create with this, this information on June 29th. Okay, I'm, the Facebook page is Peppermint Cat Resistance. If you go there after the show, I will have all the links to the show there um, that we mentioned in the show. Uh, I will put that there, the link to that uh, pro, that uh, webinar. It's, it, it looks really good. I, saw, I read it. Yeah, okay. Well, I, let's see. I think there's about... Seven minutes left of the show, so I don't know if we yeah, want to. So yeah, uh, yeah. If anybody's on Facebook, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, we're all part of the same group, uh, Direct Democracy for Canadians. So I do have a lot of Americans on there. I mean, I have people from all over the world. Uh, Anthony's got his uh, his uh, project on the go. Anthony, if you want to explain it again. Oh, it's a wiki for all solutions to all problems that people can use to make decisions of groups of any size. Can I ask you a question, Anthony? Sure. Um, since I am a Luddite, um, apparently. Uh, I call myself that for the record. I, I said I, uh, I, I'm also using a basic phone and then said Luddite. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what is a wiki? What's the definition of a wiki? Oh, um, so it's they're they're generally like Wikipedia. Uh, that's the best image to come to mind first. It's really appropriate uh, because it's it's basically a database that can be altered by anyone. However, it can also be imbued with services that let people protect it from just anyone. So if I went to some page and I tried just being like. Like Donald Trump is uh, an alien from Quiznar or some bullshit, then um, all the people who had uh, set that page up to notify them when it's altered would get a notification, and often within seconds, that page will be changed right back to the previous form, unless the change was one that is um, acceptable by the guidelines of the community. Okay, thank you. They're useful. There's a lot of technical challenges, but uh, there really aren't limits. No, it's 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 an amazing revolutionary concept, and it's what we really need. And yeah, I hope you can find those programmers. <laughs> I put the word out. I put the word out. Cool. Well, how's that going, Anthony? Have you uh, come across any more programmers? A few. Uh, it's it's like herding cats, though. We don't have the team yet. It is. Yeah. It is well, how many, how many programmers are you up to now? Well, we should have three, but one of them is acting funny, and I don't know. It's 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 a question of how into the project they are. Uh, yeah. So at this point, I'm trying to actually pursue grant money so we can say we can stipulate if you do this much work, you'll get this much money, uh, and we can uh, have a, a a predictable um, resolution. Because right now, if someone leaves in the middle of it or two of them have a fight or something, that could throw the whole project in the air. You know, trying to rely on volunteers 
is tricky. Uh, and it is. frankly, we need this technology to build this technology with volunteers. Uh, whereas if uh, once the technology is up, it'd be a lot easier. We could be using this thing to be talking about all the problems that exist right now, and people could look at all the discussions that happened and see all the debates. Well, thank you so much, well, everybody, for coming tonight. It was a really right. great conversation. Anytime. Excellent conversation. Yeah. Terry was great. It was great having him on. Uh, it was, it was really, too argumentative. It's very passionate, you know. We all are. We all, we're all very passionate. We all want the same thing. Um, Basically, I think yeah. we do. You know, we do. We we want we want this to be a better world than it is right now. It's not that great right now. So uh, yeah. here's here's to better times and better days. And uh, I love you guys. Thanks for a great show. And uh, we'll be doing Thank it again guys. soon. Okay. Oh, absolutely. You going to play us out? Yeah. What? Um. Let's see. We'll do what side are you on? Pick a okay. side. Okay. Good night, everybody.